Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number six of Fit Mass Collective. We have an important guest today. Her name is Christine. She is a pre and postnatal personal trainer. And as always, we have the wonderful Juggy here. And we will be talking about everything pre and postnatal related. But don't be afraid. This isn't just for people who are about to become a mother or people who are in the stage of already being a mother. We can talk about Christine's journey, how she got to this place, and hopefully give some other side tips that don't just pertain to individuals that are currently pregnant and such. I've thought about being a mother and I figured that's best suited for the ladies. So I feel like, I feel like, what am I doing here? This is a pregnancy show. What in God's name am I doing here anyway? What's a guy (laughs) doing on our special fit mask pregnancy special, right? I feel like this is going to actually be more educational for men because they will okay, potentially potentially learn how to deal with their currently pregnant wives and their nasty oscillating hormones and how to, <laughs> you know, deal with how yeah. they should be working out. But in any case, yeah. Christine, why don't you introduce yourself and give us a little background about what you do and who you are? Sure. Um, so, hey, guys, I'm Christine. Um, I'm a certified certified personal trainer um, in multiple certifications, uh, mostly NASM and certified strength and conditioning coach. And then the pre and postnatal certification I've been taking or took two levels uh, was pronatal fitness. Um, It started by two women to educate trainers of all sorts, even doulas, anyone who wants to learn about the pre and postnatal journey you don't even have to be a trainer. They also program for women who are going to become a mother. So any person can honestly go through this certification or this educational course. It was really helpful, especially because of my classes and with my, I have three pregnant clients right now. So it's very, very helpful um, knowledge to help keep my clients safe and also just make sure that they're preparing for you know, the event of their lives, which is motherhood and labor. <laughs> Very important time of life. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so you don't, from what I understand, you said you also have a strength and conditioning certification. So that's great. You're not specifically just working with women that are pregnant and post-pregnant women. You are also working with, I'm sure, a lot of the general population, maybe even athletes. So do you work at a gym or do you work for yourself? Um, so answer is both. So I do work full time for a gym in New York City called Body Space Fitness. It's an amazing facility, family owned. Could you say that um, one more time? You broke up a little bit there. I want to make sure you're plugging your own gym. Oh, sure. Uh, Body Space Fitness um, out of New York City. Um, and it's, it's a great facility. It's years ago when I was first getting into um, the fitness space, trying to learn. I was an intern there and I stuck around because it was just so such you know another family to me the coaches there are so helpful and smart the clients are amazing so I have all walks of general population and athlete clients there Um, and then I also have my own business which is more online coaching for people who especially now during the COVID times um, can't get to the gym or they're not comfortable enough to go to a gym Um, so I help them with their macros and strength programming and just making sure that they stay accountable like that I think is the biggest thing is you know the 
hour I have you in the gym is, you know, a lot of the responsibility is also on you with sleep and stress management and mobility and movement and just all the other things that you can do throughout your week and on the other hours of the day besides that one in the gym. Um, accountability is, is the name of the game. <laughs> Yeah, I 100% agree. So I've, I also am a personal trainer and I've had to switch a lot of my clients to the whole mobile type training and giving clients advice through the phone, which isn't mm -hmm. ideal, but I wish that I could follow all of my clients around mm -hmm. and watch every single move that they make. Because like you said, that one hour that you're with them is absolutely not enough to hold them accountable for everything else that is important when it comes to maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Agreed. <laughs> so I could have someone swipe Oreos out of my hand too. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know that like when you try and tell a client, oh, well, you know, what did you eat today? And they'll leave out, like you have to ask them five times, like, are you sure that's mm -hmm. all you ate? Are you sure? And they'll keep throwing other things in there. And it's like, you know what? I just have to follow you around or just keep a camera on you. And it's the only way we can be sure. <laughs> Yeah, when a client tells you, yeah, I'm only eating grilled chicken salads and only eggs and I'm only drinking water, but for some reason they're coming in and they're just weighing more and more, it's really frustrating because, you know, with that dishonesty comes through and it's just a poor reflection on you and that's not fair because you don't know that they have a bag of Oreos. They're just too ashamed to admit it and that's not going to help anybody. It's not going to help you as a personal trainer and it's certainly not going to help them as a client. So yeah. be honest with your trainers, folks. Right. And a good starting point for some people who are so new to tracking food. And, you know, for some people, it's not also super healthy mentally for them to track their weight or track every, you know, like calorie gram. So I'll have them take a picture of their meals. And that's kind of yes, you know, the accountability route. Oh, good idea. I absolutely love that you just said that. I We should start that. making Jim Stansel take pictures of his meals. Well, I have to say now that, so just to give you a really <laughs> quick synopsis of what Juggy and I are doing, we have our friend Jim Stansel who has gained a lot of weight in the past year. And long story short, we are taking Jim Stansel through his fitness journey and basically helping him. He knows what to do. He was an all-American athlete, but he just needs, like you said, someone to hold him accountable. So we took his inches and I have to say he has been logging his food every single day since we met with him. I was going to ask for a quick update. That's wonderful. Good for him. Hell yeah. So yeah. I'm super excited and he logs everything, like including alcohol, which is important because like you said, some people are not meant to log food because one, they feel ashamed to put certain things in. Or also just because they become psychologically insane with continuously logging every single thing. But I have mm -hmm. to say he's been doing a really good job. But that point that you made about taking a picture of food, if you do have a personal trainer or if there are certain apps out there, I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that you can just take the picture and other people will help comment on you know, what the macros might be or what the caloric density might be of that food. So if you're not the type of person that wants to go and input all of the information yourself, you can take that picture or send it to your trainer if you have one and have them, you know, where personal trainers aren't really meant to just be on the clock with you for that one hour, or that 45 minute session. We're really, we really should be helping you every step of the way. So. Right. Yeah. And it's I agree. The way I try to think about it. Um, 
not to go off on a tangent here, but no, go on, go, we go for it. This is what we're here for. Please. Tangent, um, tangent. If you, if you don't, I will. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think precision nutrition is one has one of the best guides or infographics. It's, um, precision like nutrition. Yeah. It's a great certification. I'm in the middle of now. It's one of those books that are, you know, just collecting dust behind me, but, um, <laughs> They have this really great infographic. It's like your fat for the day is maybe the thumb or two thumbs if you're a male. Uh, palm size is the amount of protein for each meal. Two handfuls like this of veggies and a fist of carbs for every meal is like super helpful um, as well. So that's just like a good guide to make sure you're having a good power for your plate and you're not overeating. And because, you know, when you go out to dinner, it's like, you know, sometimes you're ser served enough food for a family of four, and other times it's like best bag. So, and which right, are particularly true, the more true. expensive restaurants too, right. when they give you absolutely nothing. But I find that even when I do go to those restaurants, I leave there full. It's more of like the the ambiance and I guess the quality of the food. So sometimes the the amount of food is a little bit deceiving. You know, that's mm -hmm. what we were talking about this last show use a smaller plate because I bet you, you'll put less food in it and you'll feel just as satiated as if you were to use a larger plate. Yeah. I, I really like that idea as well. Plus when you go out to restaurants and you feel full and you're still sitting at a half a plate of food, doggy bags, take it home, split up your meals. You can save money in the long run. Anyway, we've talked about that a few times as well. We've got all the right. tips and, uh, and, and tricks and stuff to help the, the general public out. And I was going to make like a, a quick little jab at Stancil, but I do want to, you know, since he is doing a good job, I was going to have a cheap like segue. He's like, well, he looks pregnant. Anyway, we're going to let's talk about pregnancy. He's <laughs> like, no, I don't I don't I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, hey, Jim, now that I hear that you're doing well and you're actually following along. Um, cheers, man. Proud. Let's keep this thing going. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But he does look pregnant. And that's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so we, just in case he really is pregnant. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. If he's if he's planning to be if he if he wants to be natal or not. Hey, hey, Juggy, can you pull up that uh, thesaurus, uh, the thesaurus definitions that you have of, preg of pregnancy? God, I can't even talk. Oh, yeah. Like five minutes in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is so good. Uh, some of these are absolutely hilarious. If you look up online and thesaurus pregnant, you have expecting a baby, having a baby, with a baby on the way, having a child, expectant, carry a child, expecting in a family way, expecting in a happy event, preggers, preggy, with a bun in the oven, the one in the oven, up the pole, in the club, up the duff, in the putting club, up the spout, up the sink, knocked up, having swallowed a watermelon seed. Prego clucky with a Joey in the pouch in trouble in pod with child heavy slash big in child with child excuse me in a delicate condition in an interesting condition childing on the way gravid parturient um, inf infant this is the one that I had trouble with before inf infanticipating storked expect carry and bear so those are Ladies. all of the terms that we can use for our natal activities. So if you, if any of these apply to you, you are in the right spot. You are listening to the right podcast. And That's right. <laughs> so Christine, you mentioned something about pre pre precision nutrition. Is that something that people can find? Is it just a book for someone that is trying to get a certification or is there an app or a website where people can find information to help them with these guidelines that you were mentioning? Yeah, so it's definitely a 
a bit of both. You can use it as a, if you're a trainer, if you want a certification in nutrition, because, you know, I'm, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a registered dietitian. I can never just like prescribe a yes, meal right. plan. Um, so this mm-hmm. is a great reference for me, education wise, and also they have great infographics and information. And some of my a few clients at our gym have actually gotten certified in it just to educate themselves, which is awesome. Um, it was a popular thing to do over COVID for some clients of ours. So, um, but yeah, you can get a big textbook. Um, they have a little workbook that helps you and tests, little quizzes um, to help you get through the certification. Um, and it's it's great resource as well. I think you can even just Google precision nutrition. It is okay. <laughs> I thought it was yeah, it's, like a, it's a tongue twister. It's definitely <laughs> it's a tongue twister for sure. Um, I think you would immediately see some really helpful infographics about um, what to put on your plate, uh, the different body types. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Oh, different, uh, like how to make a nice healthy meal. It's like you take any of these awesome ingredients and some of these and a few of these, take a few from each and bam, you have a great well-balanced meal. You know, I think they just have very easy infographics there that are really helpful to just send an email or text or print out for, for clients to help. Let's pull one up really quickly. I got one right here. Oh, that's great. And while we're on the subject of nutrition, I guess we can start the timeline of, uh, of the woman who is being pregnant. You were mentioning prenatal vitamins. Um, of course, that's when they're pregnant. But, but even before that, even before, um, let's say, a couple plans to get pregnant and, uh, the, and the, uh, the, the, the woman who's bearing the child wants to be the one uh, to be fit, to be healthy, um, what kind of things can she do? I mean, that's basically just training the general population, but is there anything specific um, that women can do to, I guess, help their journey when they actually become pregnant? Um, so I think the most important, I guess metaphor is the word I like to use, is to just know that, well, first of all, you could do everything right during your entire pregnancy before, and you could still like something could still like happen. Like you could still have some tearing during labor. Labor you could have a longer mm-hmm. recovery period, and especially now with like you know Instagram and more power to these women who you know work really hard. But a lot of people also compare themselves to people who have their six pack back in six weeks. So you know it's just like you could do everything right and still just need to know it's a journey, and that's how best- individualized. Yeah, it's every, every pregnancy is different. Um, It's like extremely different person to person. And, you know, the best thing you can do is just give yourself some grace, know that you're becoming a different person because you're going to be a mother now forever. Um, And to, I like to compare, you know, labor to, excuse me, like a, a marathon, like you're preparing for, this really like crazy event and you don't just you sign up for to run 26.2 miles you don't just show up the day at the race and you're like yeah I'm just gonna wing it like you don't want to do that with pregnancy or labor especially either because it's you know a traumatic event that your body goes through and so is pregnancy so just giving yourself some grace being knowledgeable like learning but not trying to get too over stressed about the day of or what's going to happen and just asking a lot of questions and 
being educated, but not using that education to then like think everything needs to be perfect or you did everything right. So why is this happening to me? It's just, you know, give yourself some grace is probably the best advice and just hire people who can help you. Uh, pre and postnatal certified trainers. I highly recommend pelvic floor physical therapists for sure. Cause a lot of doctors at your postnatal appointment barely check for, um, I always say this word wrong too. It's like a tongue twister diastasis recti on like the separation of your abs. They don't always check for it and you could have it. And it could be very, very severe. You might not know. And they don't always do an internal exam after the four to six weeks um, at your first uh, postpartum appointment. So a pelvic floor physical therapist can really help you with, with all that rebuilding of the core and making sure your pelvic floor is in great shape um, is really important, something I'd really recommend. Um, and sadly, a lot of some doctors won't even um, what's the term, refer you to pelvic floor PT. So ask, like, just know your busy. rights. Yeah, like know your rights as a patient and educate yourself and surround yourself with people who can advocate for you and help you as much as possible because yeah. in America- Sounds like creating <laughs> yeah. like support system is important, yeah. Yeah, and motherhood, like, like once you have the baby, you know, you're not very supported very well in our healthcare system, sadly. So mm -hmm. just know that there's people there to help you with the knowledge that can make your post um, labor experience a little bit easier for you. And, you know, it's just give yourself some grace with everything as well. <laughs> what do you, that sounds what, great. Yeah. What do you think about pre and postnatal yoga instructors? Um, I've, so a few clients that I've worked with, I don't teach teach yoga I'm I enjoy it once when I can make myself show up for it but it's hard for me to do I'm not a yogi by any means but yeah, I do enjoy either. it when I do it but a few of my um clients who are pregnant right now do take uh prenatal yoga classes virtually um and they do enjoy it just as a light um gentle stretch um and I think if you have a, the right trainer doing it, it's helpful because there's some of the things you really have to be mindful of, especially in the second and third trimester when movement and exercise when you're pregnant is not having any disassociation, say like from your shoulders to your hips. So some yoga moves no, are twisting, twisting and um, you get all this inter, intra abdominal abdominal oh my gosh I can't talk today pressure yeah, neither can I this happens every time don't worry that's I couldn't pressure. even I couldn't pronounce infantasipating before so oh, nailed it that how time, dare though. you I'm looking right at it that's the only reason why I did that um but you get this pressure in your stomach so that's why planks you know front planks in the second trimester and then even side planks in the third trimester are not really recommended uh recommended and so something as as on you your have, back right Right. For a long period of time, you can do like a glute bridge for a little bit. It, it, it also depends on how the client's feeling. Like you always want to ask them, how, how are you feeling? You want to ask them, are they feeling any extra pressure? Because they might not even know that's a thing, you know, that could go on in their stomach. So right. 
I think if as long as the instructor is certified, they should know that stuff. And I think it's totally fine, but you also have to be really mindful of relaxin, which is a hormone that you produce while you're pregnant. Um, and it relaxes the joints and ligaments in your body. So while you're more mobile than you were before you got pregnant, and you're probably like, whoa, look what I can do. And you can you're overdo way, it. You can, you're way less stable, especially in your pelvis. So any bi, uh, unilateral, excuse me, exercises, so like single leg exercises are, you need to be extra careful with. And I know that that's used a lot in yoga too. Um, so you just got to be careful with the instability that comes with relaxing and so just to, Yeah. So just to go, it's completely unrelated to pregnancy, but to give the listeners a little bit of information that can spin off of the hormone that you just mentioned, this relaxing. Yeah. Relaxing. I wanted to say something, but go ahead. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That got me excited. So this also, this kind of just sparked, it reminded me of people that do hot yoga and the thing that I do not like about hot yoga is that you tend to have not necessarily an increase in the hormone relaxin, but you do tend to have a lot more mobility in the heat. And mm-hmm. what could happen is you can work outside of the desired range of motion, meaning if it's, if the environment is too hot, you can move out of where you should be moving. And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily reflective of what you would be doing in a natural environment. So if anything, I, and also not to mention, yes, it's good for the release of toxins, but just go into a sauna if you're going to do that, at least from my opinion. I think that exercising in severe heat like that willingly, not as an athlete or anything, is just not necessary and could actually in the long run cause more harm than good when you try and translate that movement into the real world. So if you do enjoy yoga, like you said, I'm not a big yoga person. I mean, I like to try and gain mobility here and there, but not big on stretching. So if anything, I would just recommend doing regular yoga rather than killing yourself in the heat. Yeah. Go ahead, Juggy. What were you going to say? Yeah. To, to, to explain more about relaxing is a kind of a funny story back in 2009, 10 ish, I was at uh, Norwalk community college and there was a professor there and he basically like put me on the spot and he just said, name a hormone. And I just off the top of my head, just because I just went over it the night before I did some further study. I just went, oh, relax. And he goes, that's not a hormone. And he just went on. And I went, wow, dude, excuse me. I was like, it totally is. And you had like, while he was trying to make fun of me, you had four other students looking up relaxing and they're all going, yeah, it's a thing, dude. It's actually, and he goes, huh? He goes, so he takes the three phones and he's looking up, he goes, okay, it's a reputable website. And, um, as for that, I didn't have to go to class for the next three sessions and he aced my next quiz because I proved <laughs> him wrong. And I told him, I was like, not only does it relax your joints and your muscles, um, but also actually during the actual birth, it actually relaxes um, all everything that, that the baby's passing through so the birth can actually happen. There's, it's supposed to be a huge surge as the baby's crowning. And I was like, I just randomly reading that stuff. And I'm just like, ha, prove my professor wrong. Um, which is always a lovely moment in any, you know, Padawan master situation. But yeah, <laughs> I was like, relaxing is a thing. And I'll never forget that. So what shout out Dr. Bell. all about pregnancy. Wow. I'm impressed, Juggy. Thank you. Research. 
Thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, I think that like knowledge of this stuff should be important for, I mean, I'm not, I'm not just going to say men, let's, 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 let's be real for people's partners, you know, because you have surrogates, you have different kinds of situations. You have uh, the LGBTQ community doing their thing. Now. I think it's wonderful. I got a couple of friends who are literally in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, I think that to add on to what Christine said about the support system, because I believe that in any situation, you know, I think Steve asks his support here with all of us. Um, and I think that, you know, people who are pregnant should definitely have a support system and not just physical either. You got to have mental, you got to have uh, psychological, you got to have all kinds of stuff because it's it's an earth shattering event. Let's not kid ourselves. It's literally miraculous. So that's my two cents on the bit. No, that's a great input. I think it's really good for everyone to know a little bit about everything but it's also good to have someone like you who specializes in a specific type of training i mean you don't necessarily do that though you also have your other background you're not just training pre and post pregnant women so Mm -hmm. i think it's good like you said juggy just for everyone to have a little bit of knowledge not necessarily just women knowing about women pregnancies are going to continue to happen yeah yeah and it's something that i wish was took place more in, you know, not necessarily sex education classes, but I guess that's yeah the most appropriate place for them when in schools is, you know, teaching these things, teaching how the body changes as a woman in general, not even talking about pregnancy, how, you know, pelvic floor and having control over your pelvic floor muscles can really, if you learn that and work on the breathing and activation, that's really helpful for you as an athlete. And it can really help prevent any distress or injuries or anything like that moving forward through life. Not even, even if you don't want to be pregnant, like having control or uh, mindfulness of how to control your pelvic floor and know when something in general in your anatomy is off or might be wrong would be a lot more helpful uh, in educational. So so when you talk about pelvic floor, just to give the listeners kind of a better idea, what are some things, or can you explain what you mean by that and what are some specific types of exercises that anyone could do, not just pregnant women per se? And is there a pelvic basement? (laughs) Yes, below. Pelvic ceiling. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, part of core canister um no so (laughs) i think one for if you're a trainer or if you are pregnant or thinking about uh, becoming pregnant breathing is super super important important i know you know we always hear the term like kegels and stuff like that too but it's a lot more than that um there's something called and i don't know what they stand for i think it's pelvic floor activation but don't quote me it's PFAs um it's like a breathing technique that you can use to help so you have this whole core canister right it's your diaphragm your uh transverse abdominis and then your uh pelvic pelvic floor muscles it's kind of like this sling that sits in the bottom of your pelvis and breathing correctly is very important to make sure everything moves the way it should you know pregnant or not and as you grow your belly, breathing becomes heavier or harder to do as with many other things, walking, moving, your stomach's getting bigger and taking you out of alignment. So one of the most important things as a coach to really drill into your uh, pregnant clients is 
that breathing, inhaling through the nose, making sure your um, rib cage is expanding 360 degrees, not just forward or anything like that, just getting that whole um, rotational breath. And then when you exhale, try to exhale all the way and making sure that navel comes into the spine. And a lot of people don't know really how to breathe properly. It's kind of crazy. If you ask someone to breathe correctly, they might like go like this or, you know, a lot of people <laughs> they might try too hard and pass out. Yeah, there are a lot of also just breathe, breathe, breathe. See, it's me too. They just breathe. They're breathing chest. We're all breathing. We are talking about pregnancy, here. so breathing yeah, is very important. I mean, important I guess too. it works. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of a lot Touché of people you. just do it with their chests, you know, and that's yeah. that's really not good for as everything you were just saying. Yeah, yeah. and it's from the very you know beginning stage i would just have them sit down on a chair not for their not their back fully on the chair but you know sitting forward a little bit and just practice that inhale through the nose get that nice um inhaled 360 degrees and then exhale with like a sighing and make it audible almost like you're trying to fog a mirror all the all the breath out bringing that um belly button to the spine and just practicing that because that really helps activate your pelvic floor and the whole get your core working well and in alignment with kind of everything else going on in your body. So if you're not breathing correctly, you might not have your pelvic floor um, activating properly as well, or it might be lifting where it should drop. And that could be something that if you practice that will be very helpful during labor, labor, oh gosh, during labor. And, um, you know, just during, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's important to breathe properly, especially when going through contractions and everything like that as well. And like you said, relating to your question, pelvic floor in an educational setting is so important because no one, you know, it's even if you haven't had a kid or even if you're not, you know, someone who wants to have a child, like you shouldn't be leaking when you're jumping or when you're sneezing or you know nothing like that should really ever be happening so even wait did you, you say know, leaking yeah like you know like when you yeah, sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be all professional here uh, excuse me, sir, doctor, I'm <laughs> leaking when I jump. I don't know what's I, going on here. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I'm such like a, a child, pain. so I just had to say it out loud and just get it yeah. out Well, it's like, before, it could like, be anywhere. Just, like, yeah. yeah, get a nose running. You don't have to go there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really like how you said to make a noise when you breathe out. So one of my college professors told me that if a psychology professor, if you make a noise every time you breathe out, it actually relieves more stress. So every time I sigh, I'm like, <sighs> and everyone's like, what's your problem? What is her oh, problem? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, what, did, what did I do? And I'm like, no, like I just do it. Cause it feels so much better if I let out a noise. And then I went <laughs> and I, and I I, yeah, the, oh my God, she's such a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. No, like, I, I was going like, to add on. I was into what you were saying. Like, I, you know, I'm going to save you a little embarrassment here. When I go number one, I hum most of the time because it just feels <laughs> good. It feels better. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to admit when, it. When you leak, when you leak, you when hum. I leak, when I leak, <laughs> when, when, when I when leak I from my front. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah. When I have anal leakage, I stay away from swimming pools and I hum throughout that <laughs> as well. So yeah, we can share a little embarrassment here. I don't mind that. 
Um, I I, kind of cut you off there in the middle of saying um, uh, something. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're good. I I was just going to say something pretty boring, but I when I went and did, (laughs) I got I got a couple of Reiki certifications. To me, it's very interesting. I absolutely loved it. Reiki. Yeah. Okay. So basically, it's healing through transformation of energy. So you can either do hands on or hands off Reiki, where you find pockets of energy in people, which is typically where they have pain. You typically don't want to ask the person where they feel pain before you do something like this with them. I could do it to you, Juggy. I can uh, show you in real You want to rake me? Even, maybe even <laughs> rake that scruff on your face. <laughs> rake me. <laughs> rake me, man, Joan. <laughs> but where, where the hell was I going? I like that. This pointless story. Oh, so, so when Breathing. I... When I had the oh, yeah. done to me, she had <laughs> told me, or actually, no, she was doing it. This woman is, I don't know. She's very interesting. As you can imagine, she teaches Reiki and she was just like, and she just starts making all these crazy noises. <laughs> She's just in her own realm. And I'm like, I got to go. And then, <laughs> and then I start doing it and I'm like, oh my God. And like tears start coming no, out I, and it's I crazy. It's it. like really this severe release of energy that you don't even know that you have. So breathe, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, breathe, pregnant or not. Yeah. I remember like, I think like a yoga, like speaking of yoga again, the first and out of 10 yoga classes I've been to in my life, everybody was doing that, like breathing. And this is years ago before I was even a trainer. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Like yeah, I right? breathe like that. And I'm like, why is that embarrassing? Like what it, it, it's just so funny to like now when you know something's so good for you and it helps you get better breath and better color activation. Yeah, you it like, feels so, so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, and so now annoying. I do that too. I do that too, and my husband's always like, "Are you alright?" Like, <laughs> yeah. Like what? I'm like, I don't relaxed. even know. I do it. I yeah, I don't know exactly. if he's relaxed or I'm in trouble, but either yeah. way. <laughs> Keep breathing. My Keep boyfriend feeling. will sing the song that's like, breathe in, breathe out, survive. <laughs> I'm like, you're ma- now you're making me mad. I wasn't mad. I'm breathing. But now I'm yeah. mad. <laughs> I th- yeah, that's, the, that's Machine Head Bush. I saw that live. Fact. Really? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. They opened with it. Damn, I'm glad that Not I that. sang it right. I thought I botched it. Oh, no, no, you're good. You're good. I hear, it, I hear it every five minutes of the day because I'm always sighing, so... Yeah. For, um, for, for the, for the breathing exercises, is there something that is tied to the, the Valsalva maneuver? And if you don't know what that is, I can explain. Let's just say nobody, but just for argument's sake, the Valsalva maneuver, right. For, yeah, for the, uh, for the general public, the Valsalva maneuver is that squeezing, uh, motion where it's not just holding your breath, but you're like, you're doing the push. And that's why I was trying to tie that to labor, of course. Um, Like bearing down. Right, Like like when you're pooping and you- There you go. Like pregnant people your face. Yeah. We want to avoid that. Yeah, do those breathing exercises, not only that you mentioned before, but I mean, you know, we're joking about the heavy sign, but would that help in that respect with also tying relations to working at your core? Does it actually make that stronger? But you said it yourself, you might die if it's, if it's, if you ever do it incorrectly or maybe too much or something like that. Um, What, 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 how how can you expand on that? Do do those breathing exercises help that out? Well, I think 
it helps you be prepared for a situation such as, you know, going number two when you're pregnant. I've heard I've never been pregnant is very uncomfortable at times and you don't want to bear down is what it's called, meaning like hold your breath and like, like push because that's pretty dangerous and it can increase that intra um, abdominal pressure. And it can, I'm not exactly sure like what damage can be done, but I don't think it's good. Um, so that breathing exercise, practicing that is something they can go into a situation like that and situations such as contractions, labor, and be prepared for, okay, I've done this a million times before my exercises with my trainer, or I'm really telling your client exhale and effort. Like when you're doing a deadlift, have that like big audible exhale. Um, and just doing that, relating those hard exercises, those, um, strength exercises and, you know, the movement patterns that are so important to activities of daily living. And then in conjunction, in conjunction, align that with say like a contraction or something, they'll be prepared mentally. Like, okay, I know how to breathe through something hard like this because I've done it with a deadlift or a squat or something. I know that when something gets hard like this, to exhale and let it out and inhale through my nose and whatnot. So it's kind of just mentally preparing a client um, through the pronatal certification, something they talk about that's really helpful. And I think they, you know, coined is called lit instead of hit, you know, high intensity interval training. It's like labor intensity <laughs> interval training. So part yeah. of the pro programming you can do once you lay multiple foundations down first, of course, of movement patterns and assessments and all that with your client, once they get more into second, third trimester, you can do this kind of a finisher cardiovascular um, part of your workout with your client that prepares them for those contractions. That, so you'll do, do 30 seconds of this intense, uh, like battle ropes, sled push, or you know, something not so crazy by that time you're not supposed to be really jumping around or anything and then get into a get it yeah get into a recovery uh, breathing position and then they can take that knowledge and experience of going through that really tough you know exercise practicing the breathing and relate that back to their situation with contractions or even during labor so breathing is very important in general for everybody. <laughs> I love, I love how we're still talking about breathing because it, it really is as important as we're making it sound. And mm -hmm. as I had mentioned, someone died from breathing in a, or multiple people have died from breathing inappropriately and not, uh, in, in these cases, pregnant women, but, um, someone that died from the Valsalva maneuver is actually Elvis. He, I was gonna say, didn't Elvis die? <laughs> yeah, so he was. Oh my God, toilet. Paul Fens is gonna have a field day with this one. I know. So, so a lot of the people on Ski Mask Media, which is the the media that this is, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, there's this ongoing debate as to whether or not Elvis is gay. Yeah. Some say yes, some say no. Anyways, oh, yeah. what do you? It think? was. It was it was out of defense because um, one one of I I had just met this guy and he called me and my two friends gay because one day we shared a shower 
uh, just to save time to go to a bar to meet these ladies. Because if if that didn't happen, it wouldn't have happened. So they thought that that so they called us gay. So we told them that Elvis was gay, and he's been so pissed ever since. <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic. I mean, I guess I've never thought about sexual but, orientation. But now that but, she is, look at her. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Might be leaning towards yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's when, a when, was he pop- when was he popular? Was it like 60s or 70s? It's mostly 60s, right? Yeah, the infamous hand sandwich, that whole thing, yeah. I was going to say, like, maybe it, it could have been a bit of both. I mean, who knows? No judgment, yeah. but... Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. And I, I mean, a singer usually... He, I think he liked to party, so... <laughs> that's also true yeah you, you would figure uh, a singer Never know. an expert at the, at the at the breathing mechanics because you know singers have to know when to breathe and they're supposed to be uh, uh, supposed masters at that um yeah i never he thought of that the <laughs> yeah and then he died pushing so most right. a lot of people wow. use the valsalva maneuver on the toilet but i mean this someone can die from it without having other causes, like any other type of pathological issue, but typically someone has some type of existing condition within their Mm -hmm. blood vessels that would cause them to die from it. But what happens in any case, whether you're on the toilet like Elvis or gay, and if you are in the gym working- And gay. You're, or you're in the gym working out, whatever you're doing and you're holding your breath, what's happening is you are, you feel it in your face, you're increasing your intrathoracic pressure. So the Mm -hmm. pressure inside of your thoracic cavity, but as soon as you let that air out, the pressure drops so fast that it can cause you to faint, which is why sometimes people faint in the gym. You see their face from white, whatever. That That happened to me once. I was waiting in line and somebody asked me how red I can get my face. And I had this newly discovered thing. Shut up, Jack. I had this newly discovered <laughs> thing where I was like, okay, yeah, I guess this is like, I didn't even know. Nobody, that's not even a thing. Why, why would you teach a middle schooler the Valsalva maneuver? You know, I just, it's just one of those things that I was just being. I don't know. Yeah, that happened. And uh, yeah, when I fainted, I actually hit my head on the corner of like this like step. I ended up in the nurse for a while. So yeah, it's a serious thing. Gosh. I learned my lesson in the very hardest way that, uh, that day. So um, yeah, don't push long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't push hard. Don't push long. Just let it happen. Are you, Christine, are you big into meditation at all since you're into teaching women, you know, how to, I guess? Um, So I wouldn't say I'm big into it in the sense of, uh, like, I meditate with, like, music or crystals or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people who do. Um, I really like the app. What is it called? Headspace. Breath, Please say headspace. Uh, breath work. Oh, I actually just got a reminder on my phone. <laughs> Clear your mind. Let go of the day. Um, it's called breath work. B R E A T H. Perfect. This is where I was going with this. I was going to ask you if you have some type of app that because people have apps. Um, and I've heard of Headspace as well. Um, Inscape is another one that it used to be a studio in um, New York City, but they also have an app and it's really great as well. Um, is breath work free? I, yeah, the version I have is free, but it's really cool. They have, um, let me search it really quick. They have different routines, like breathing routines you can do. Like there's one specifically for calm or going to sleep or waking up or say if you're in your slump at 3 p.m. You want to just like recharge. There's a breathing um, lesson, I guess they call it, for you to do then. And it can take you through this whole 
all these lessons of like foundations of breath work and um, there's one for deep relaxation. I usually use it right before um, I go to bed. Um, it mostly I'm not a wake up and meditate person because Me I like to <laughs> sleep to the very last second that I possibly can. But for going to bed, I usually like to put on a candle, you know, do my skincare routine, whatever that means, and then do the breath work. Yeah, I think that is a great point before bed. A lot I used to have a hard time falling asleep just because I like a lot of people, so many thoughts running through your mind. What did I do today? What do I have to do tomorrow? Whatever. And people think uh, when you mention the term meditation or maybe even breath work, I don't know, they kind of think, oh, I have to cross my legs, sit down and go mm, and like do all yeah. this crazy stuff. But <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Jenny, there it I is. call it the Rafiki. yeah but but yeah it doesn't have to be it can be whatever you want as long as you're getting in that breath work so which is one of the most important things about yoga too is really the breathing not the stretching so Mm -hmm. that mind body um kind of taking even 10 minutes before you go to bed and i promise you once you start doing it you'll fall asleep fairly quickly when you focus Mm -hmm. on counting it's something as simple as counting each breath as one breathe in breathe out Breathe in, breathe out again and say two. Keep going at 10 and you're going to find that you just continuously get distracted. And those are all of the thoughts. Thoughts. Yeah, you tell those thoughts. <laughs> I think it's yeah, a, something that's thinking too far ahead. That Thoughts yeah. and clouds. Thoughts. But, but yeah, all of the <laughs> thoughts that are clouding your head. So it's good to kind of get that mindfulness just from again yeah and I like the point breathing yeah I like the point you made about um like going to bed with all the thoughts of the world going through your head so like something I also during COVID took a sleep coaching course um which is really really cool um and one of the tips that he talks about in the course is trying to first of all make the bedroom like just like the only thing you do in your bedroom is sleep and sex like that's it like don't I like I have an OTV rule that was like a big change for my husband when we moved together in together years ago but it's like no TV in here or I'm never sleeping ever in my life and (laughs) and leave the TV on with a remote all the way over my anyway no I can't yeah I hate that (laughs) right one word melatonin like doesn't that white flash all over the walls and like even if your eyes are closed your pupils will dilate and that will impinge uh any kind of like what melatonin or serotonin to enter the bloodstream and it's hard to sleep yeah blue light has a profound effect on sleep yeah yeah yeah. and so a great tip that throughout the course they had is say if you're someone who gets these mindless thoughts on it is to write down what's going on in your mind, kind of like do a brain dump in a journal before you go to sleep. So then you kind of know, okay, like anything that would have bugged me or I'm afraid I'm going to forget about is already in my journal. I can now go to bed Um, because sleep is so important. Like your brain is more active when you're asleep or should be more active when you're asleep, like cleaning out all the, you know, dust out of there, you know, (laughs) like all the crap. And that's when you're, when you're sleeping, that's when your brain gets healthier and, you know, it's, it's really important. Yeah. And that's, that's why sleeping pills and 
Um, maybe not melatonin, but other ways of going, putting yourself to sleep or like alcohol, you know, some people have a glass of wine before bed, which no judgment. I love wine, but it's not necessarily, it's kind of more sedating you. It's not really letting you get that full cycle of sleep. It's going to be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I love that term that doctors use. They say you need healthy sleep. And a lot of people just think that, oh, I'm just going to go to CVS and get a bottle of uh, whatever makes them Nyquil. pass out or cough syrup. Yeah, cough syrup. I was about to say cough syrup, NyQuil, ZZZ quill if you're if you're hardcore about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the healthy part of that sleep that uh, people usually tend to leave behind. So yeah, well said, exactly. very well said about the sed- uh, uh, sedation. For we sure. Should a, we should do a whole episode. Yeah, you're coming back to do a whole episode on sleep. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, they're going to say drugs. So I was like, all right, we shouldn't bring it for that. <laughs> <laughs> and scissor, yeah, you know. Yeah. Things very, that you should do. Yeah. Very um, anti-drug. <laughs> I have a very maybe silly general question, but should a woman jog long distances while she's pregnant? So it's if you are running and jogging before you got pregnant, you can continue doing that if it's something you love and want to do. There's actually a woman who ran a whole marathon pregnant. Um, I don't wow. know her name off the top of my head, but you know, that's her life. That's is, insane. You know, yeah. running marathon. Right. I mean, we're not talking, I'm assuming she wasn't in her third trimester. Like, right. You know, she wasn't. I, she honestly, I don't know, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. But yeah, that is cool. the rule is, the rule is if you have your doctor's approval to work out and you don't have any severe health issues um, like preeclampsia or um, anything like that, you can continue to work out in similar ways that you did pre-pregnancy. Um, you also have to take in mind, however, though, especially in the first trimester, not to do hot yoga, not to do a class that is you know, super hot in the room because you sh- cannot be in a place with humidity or anything over, I think 102 degrees, cause that could be very dangerous for um, the fetus. But if you did running, walking, anything like that, what we like to go off of is what's called a rate of perceived exertion scale. Um, so that's, you know, I give you a deadlift and I'm like, how is that on a scale of one being easiest, 10 being the hardest? If it was like a four or five, you can probably go up and wait a little bit or more reps with the current weight. If it was an eight or seven, that is fine. We can stay there and we need a little bit more rest time because that's kind of at the top of where we want to be when you're pregnant. It's like that eight on a scale of one to 10 because a lot of, and it's something you can look up if you're interested on um, learning more about is ACOG guidelines. Um, what is their name? It's, um, oh, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Okay. <laughs> um, they came up with this guideline because what they're finding is a lot of doctors still tell their patients who are pregnant, your heart rate should never go over 140 beats, uh, BPM. And that's kind of ridiculous because it, it, I don't know if it's not even moderate exercise. <laughs> right. It's like a walk. It's like yeah. a walk. And when your first trimester, your cardiac output goes up five to ten percent and it just keeps going up from there. Your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes down. So that's why going off of heart rate's really not reliable when you're doing exercise. So again, if you always did running or spin, 
but before you're pregnant and you want to do that now, that's fine. You just have to be mindful of, you have to be mindful of your heart rate. You don't want it shooting up over 200, obviously, but you go off of how you're feeling, take it easy, make sure you're not too hot. And if you're at like a five, six, seven on the scale of exertion, meaning how hard the exercise is, then you should be good to go. Just make sure maybe an hour before exercise, you have a little snack, make sure you're hydrated. Um, because as well as, um, you know, the thermoregulatory issues that could take place with like heat, if, you know, your blood glucose levels, that's like what's feeding the fetus. So you want to make sure to have a little bit of a snack in you before you work out. So you're not, your blood pressure just doesn't go like super down. So, um, I forget what your question was. (laughs) 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 I think it was walking. (laughs) I think it was running or walking. Yeah. No, you you addressed it though. Like for example, I was heading towards. Oh, you sound like a robot. Oh, is my audio going out? Uh, is my, do I sound weird still? Yeah. yeah you sound well, like you're talking like that. Oh, no. I don't want to sound like that. Uh, well, you still understand me though, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to sound weird for a second. I was referring to like like babies kind of jumping around in the belly. Like usually I heard, and this is why I'm asking, like um, people talk and, you know, it's, it's hard to get this specific kind of an answer. But babies shouldn't be having that, you know, rep- uh, bouncing repetition motion because it's just simply too dangerous for them. That's not the environment that they should be, you know, getting nurtured and, and growing in there. So but that, that was my question. Like, would you have some sort of a cutoff? Like, at one point, I would assume that you would go from jogging to walking because, you know, walking is safe. It doesn't get the heart rate up too high. You can kind of control that, um, you know, with speed and you can swing your arms a little bit. You have more control there. Um, yeah. but just, just to literally generally keep that baby safe, um, I guess right. should like either, either like when, when should they stop? Like if you're doing it before, you should be able to do a little bit afterwards, but then what the cutoff point is, like, I'm assuming that of course comes with the training. Um, yeah, yes. I would say, I would say for all first, second, third trimester, always try to avoid cardio machines. Um, they're just unstable and not always safe. It's just something that you should try to avoid. But if you're someone who loves running, um, first trimester, that's fine. Second trimester, just, you know, let your, you be the guide, you be your own advocate as the person who's pregnant, because I, second trimester is when I try to take out, yeah, try to take out high impact movement. Yeah, like jostling Um, around the baby and whatnot. Right, right. So like, <laughs> Don't shake the baby. For lack so of second trimester, yeah. shaking it up. <laughs> yeah. So any high impact is kind of a no-no for second and third trimester for sure. Um, but first, first trimester, if you loved running, but you have, you know, only a treadmill as your option, maybe don't put on the incline. Be a little bit more careful. Probably not go all out. Um, but if you run outside, again. There are unstable surfaces. That's kind of a big thing to avoid during all stages of pregnancy too. So it's kind of going to that, you know, cliche answer of, you know, be your own guide and every pregnancy is different because what you don't want to do is like, if you've never ran in your life, you don't want to start running now. Like that's not really safe, but you can start. You can start for two now. 
<laughs> yeah. And if you don't you like running, please training. do not yeah. run. If you don't enjoy yeah. running, do not do it. Go on a brisk yeah, walking. Walk great. Fast. Walking. There's walking no need. Favorite. So so many people. Me too. So many people will say, "Oh, there are people that get runners high and that thoroughly enjoy running, and they're mainly younger people." But what happens? is people start to feel pain when they run and they're like oh yeah my joints hurt and this i'm like yeah because you're pounding every like we're not meant to really run we can go on long treks but please terrible footwear or they don't even know how to run or they don't prepare themselves correctly for how to run mobile exactly they don't do any mobilization or stretching they'll just like do a you know quad stretch or two and stick and then go like they'll like stick their leg up on a bench i'm like get get yeah i mean and first of all guilty done it but (laughs) like like a mile (laughs) like if you're gonna run 18 miles like you need to have a very very elaborate warm-up and yeah you know dynamic warm-up move yeah static stretching (laughs) jogging this is great you're still a robot over there I, I, some this has happened before where the area the aliens just take over his uh yes. speaker for a little while and it's like all right whatever i wonder why that's so funny well i have so, my dog like scratching at the door so if you hear that apologize no i don't hear it you're good i feel that uh i was just gonna ask you before we wrap up what is your background besides all of these certifications what did you go to school for anything kinesiology related because you seem to have a pretty in-depth knowledge that not many certifications can really give you um so no I was actually I went to Sacred Heart University in Connecticut for uh I was undecided because I didn't know what I wanted to do I was taking courses in nursing and teaching and business like most so people. those those were like the three that interested me and I educate like as a teacher it you know fascinated me I love the kids that I like worked with you know once a week my freshman year and it was great but it wasn't you know it just wasn't for me um maybe one day but and then nursing I did really well in like the exams and in class and you know like pharmacology was my, my shit. I was like, this is great. But then I, when I started doing the in-person like labs and I was like, oh, I'm just realizing now, like I've never really been in a hospital. I've never really dealt with stuff like that. And kind of, I guess for lack of better term, got freaked out and like, yeah. just did not, I was like, I am not. It always not sounds better. Yeah. For this. And, um, yeah, cause all my best friends growing up, they were all like, I'm going to be a nurse. And I was like, like cause their moms were nurses. Sounds- and yeah, exactly. I was like, this is cool. Like I would love to help people. Yeah. I would not, way way I don't too many you. people in my life have died for me to ever want to work in a hospital. Yeah. I just, <laughs> anyways, I, can't, <laughs> I don't think I'd be helpful. Um, the things you have to remember, I just, it's amazing. God bless nurses, um, and teachers for that matter. But and, you know, I went with number three. I went to business. I was like, it's my junior year. I guess I need to figure something out. And I was in marketing and advertising from 2008 until last, wait, what year is it? July 2019, um, full-time, like nine to five gig, but I was a trainer part-time since 2016 until now. Okay, um, so you have a lot of experience. But now I'm full-time. Yeah. 
Nice. So I took some uh, cool courses for the nursing stuff, but not anything fitness specific. Yeah. Like, I got out that you were a pharmaceutical agent before. Oh, no, it was just the pharma, uh, pharmacology class and the nursing school. I like rocked. But then when I got to the in-person taking care of patients, I was like, no. Very got it. Okay. <laughs> Come on the drug show. We're good. Yeah. No, this is this is great, though. I like that you have a really diverse background. And I am not a big advocate of people getting certifications, mainly certifications that are like the ISS, the weekend certifications that are just complete bullshit. But you have a little bit of, you know, you dabbed in a little bit of everything, which is good. So I think Mm -hmm. that's better than you said, um, you know, just your average personal training certification, you know how to work with various populations. So if someone listening were interested in finding you, I know you said that you have the gym. So tell us again what the gym was. And then also if we wanted to find you online, where would we uh, where would we be able to find you? Sure. So um, my Instagram is just at Christine Torday, uh, T-O-R-D-E. Uh, looks like Tord, but it's Torday. Um, <laughs> and then the gym I work out of is Body Space Fitness. And that's in New York. Um, NYC. Yeah. So okay. I think it's Body Space NYC is their Instagram. But if you have any questions, um, and yeah, the other coaches there are constantly always loving, leveling up, you know, making sure we stay on top of our education. We're actually reading a book about programming right now as a team and getting quizzed on it every week. So just uh, good, good environment to be in for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'll let you plug in whatever you got going on and then we will be on with our day. That sounds good to me. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Juggy Haha. I'm on Twitch, Juggy010. Um, very soon, our next Sports Mass Collective is an NHL kickoff special. Uh, is which live I, tonight? Sorry. I, they, they didn't mention that to me. Uh, if it's live, please tune in. That would be fantastic. Uh, if it's not, it'll be up as soon as possible. All right. And thank you again so much, Christine. It was a great talk, breathing you know, a little bit of yoga talk and a little pregnancy mixed in there. So that was great. Thank (laughs) you so much. And we'll definitely have you on again if you are interested. Yeah, absolutely. This is so fun. Yay. All right. We'll see you guys next week. That sounds good. Bye. Have a good one. Take care of each other, everybody. Yes. Breathe. Breathe. (laughs) Hit the button.